Living Dead in Austin is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Hello there, you're listening to Living Dead in Austin. We're reading Charlene Harris's Midnight Texas series. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Max Parkman. And today we're going to be reading chapters 7 through 15 of Midnight Crossroad, the first book in the Midnight Texas series. Previously, we meet the denizens of Midnight, a small town full of dark secrets and fake names. Manfred Bernardo, speaking of fake names, <laughs> strangely the only real name. <laughs> An internet psychic moves to town and starts ogling all the local honeys. We also meet Olivia Charity and Lemuel, an energy vampire who kills a couple of henchmen making trouble for Bobo at the Midnight Pawn Shop, which is a sentence that sounds like word salad, but is entirely accurate. (laughs) I can't wait to see what Midnight has in store for us next. (laughs) Chapter 7. Manfred is working at home and he's disturbed by a private detective who was hired by Aubrey's parents. Let's be specific here. He's hard at work. Bilking rubes on the internet because that is his job. Sure, sure. Yep. Yeah, doing fake psychic stuff to steal mm-hmm. people's money. Yeah, because he he acknowledges that he, although he is a real psychic, this work is total bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I would like to say though that unlike the Sookie Stackhouse series, when a detective shows up to try to discover where a grieving parent's missing daughter is, Manfred didn't actually have anything to do with it when <laughs> right, he was pissed yeah. off at them. That That's is the, true. Yeah, the first encounter that Charlene Harris has ever written of an innocent person being interviewed by a detective. <laughs> Uh, the detective's name is Shoshana Whitlock, and I was like, "Is this name ridiculous? Am I insane? I don't like. I can't. I, I'm losing track of what real names are anymore." <laughs> Shoshana Whitlock. Yeah, it does sound like she she grabbed two random names out of a bin. Uh huh. Yeah. But Manfred is rude to her, but Fiji literally freezes her. Yeah. Yeah. Casts a spell on her and just drives off. That would be very handy to be able to just free somebody in their... Yeah. Like, you know, there's a door-to-door salesman. You're like, maybe this person's real. They open the door. They're like, hey, can I... And just, like, zap them and they close the door. And they just... It's not your problem anymore, right? (laughs) Sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, But after she becomes unfrozen, the Rev does something to make her run out of the church. Yeah. I don't know what she finds in there, but she... Yeah, she leaves... Like seems scared. I think it. I think it says something like leaves like she was being chased by a tiger, and then drives away, <laughs> never know, to return. There are were tigers in this world, so she may have been chased by a tiger. That's a good point. Yeah, the uh, rev could be a were tiger. Oh, he's that church that also likes animals. So maybe right? he's aware. Yeah, right. Oh, oh good call. Oh. Maybe. All right. Chapter eight. It is the day of the picnic. Bobo asks Manfred to come over to try to get a reading on Aubrey's stuff, and Manfred mentions touch psychometry, which we learned about in the other series. <laughs> That's right, yeah. With um, Delphine Oubre, another great name. He uh, he warns that like he can't guarantee anything, probably because he's a, a literal con artist. <laughs> he's like, hey, look, you know, I can't, I might not give you anything yeah. useful. The only thing I can guarantee you is that your check will be cashed. Fifteen dollars. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was thinking about it because he we he does spend a decent amount of time talking about how like he does have some real skill or whatever, but we have yet to see any. Not even once. Right? Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, nothing yet. Hmm. I want to point out that he also takes a pass at chatting up Creek, uh, you know, the local hottie, and he just crashes and burns. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, just awkward, you know. So uh, he's like, how about this weather? And she's like, huh? (laughs) It's like, all right, I'm going to keep walking. (laughs) Yeah, you do that, bud. You do that. 
Chapter 9, we switch to Fiji's point of view, and they're walking to the picnic spot by the river, and she and Bobo share their family history. I don't understand this thing that they're doing. So they're walking, right? There's a truck, a car, a vehicle sure, sure. driving with them. Yeah. yeah. But they walk. Presumably with some sort of, like, roof over the cabs to not have to be right, in the so sun. Like, so, like, yeah. you're riding in the vehicle, you're shielded from the sun's hateful rays. Sure, right. sure. But they are not doing that. They're, they're, in, the, they're in the sun. Just they're walking. in the sun. Feet on the ground, head exposed to the day star. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting choice. Uh, like, I, I think this might be some sort of, like, town-wide delirium that they're encountering, you know? I don't think that Charlene Harris lived in Texas, right? Yeah, maybe maybe this is a... Like, maybe it's too hot is... to just walk. To just go walk to the creek. I think it's the time of year, though, because they mentioned they're wearing, like, light sweaters. And up north, Texas, it can get pretty chilly. Yeah. A light sweater? So they're talking about, like... February. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> like, Jan- January 15th or whatever, you know? Yeah. The mid of winter, Those perhaps. Those three weeks in Texas when you yeah. want to do that. During a cold snap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's not much to share there that we didn't already know about Bobo and Fiji doesn't seem to have a particularly interesting family history. She does. She does. I do. There, there is a, a bit there right at the beginning where she talks about how, well, she, you know, she's feeling a little mopey to start, and uh, she's feeling mopey because when she went to take some of the hoarded mail of Bobos that she keeps, just for excuses <laughs> to go visit him. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, that, that's her dark secret. Yeah, Mail fraud. <laughs> she could tell something was off. Like he was—he was like, uh, like he was hoarding some dark and terrible secret. You know, other than the ones that everyone in town is hiding, yeah. right? An unusual dark secret. Yeah, um, but I, I feel like it's—it's it's funny because they start talking about family background and it's like this is like third date material in midnight, right? Like nobody <laughs> talks about this, right? Yeah. So this where, is where like you come from. This is very intimate. What you type know? of family you have? Hmm. Yeah. Um, and they, but yeah, shortly after they, uh, begin picnicking, they find a corpse. Yeah. Fiji wanders off and finds a corpse and everyone thinks it's Aubrey's because she's the only person who's missing. I do want to, I also want to mention that when she finds the corpse, the first person she thinks of is Olivia, is Olivia <laughs> which is interesting because like, she's not wrong. You know, this is this, my, my first thought when they found a body was like, oh shit, is this one of Olivia's? You know, I yeah. thought this was the, the ones that she got rid of like last night. Yeah. So, right? like, is this the spot where yeah, we right? dump the bodies? Like, oh man, shouldn't have put it by that landmark, I guess, right? <laughs> where everyone likes to go hike to. But no, no, apparently this is a different body. Thank goodness, because if it had been that body, I wonder if Fiji might have been the next person to end up down at the bottom of that ravine. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Fiji went home, everybody. Let's have a nice picnic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, this this is none other than missing Aubrey Hamilton. Yeah. In a state of advanced decomposition, apparently. Gross. Yeah. Chapter 10. They're waiting for the police and Arthur Smith shows up. Arthur Smith is from the Aurora Tea Garden series. Oh. Yeah. Um, Aubrey disappeared while Boba was in Dallas, according to Fiji. Because mm-hmm. Fiji says she saw Aubrey after Bobo had definitely left for Dallas. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's um, what she claims. I was I was thinking about this. Like, are we in another murder mystery? Is someone going to do an ectoplasmic reconstruction? We have a witch, right? Yeah, we do. Why not just do an ectoplasmic reconstruction right here on this body? Because well, they're really expensive. Oh yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to get three hundred bucks. No, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, this is a small this is a small town. Like, think how like think how many psychic readings you have to do just to admit like that. absolutely yeah. yeah i mean that's why they keep bringing that touch yeah. psychometry lady like didn't she charge 400 bucks to figure out what happened to that scarf yeah yeah that's, that's a lot there you go um, that's that's 
big town Davy stuff. You, you don't mm. get that in midnight. No, right, 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 right. But I do, I do think it's funny that when Aubrey disappeared and no one ever heard from her again, no one thought that was weird. Like, no one liked her. Not even the Rev, you know? Like... Yeah. Yeah. She made a bad impression on everybody but Bobo, I yeah. suppose. Seems like, yeah. Bobo is super broken up about this. Yeah. But nobody really questioned real hard about how she, she left clothing in the washing machine. She left... Literally everything behind. Her toothbrush, her grandmother's sewing machine. Like, yeah. Yeah, stuff that she would probably Clothes, want. jewelry, yeah. yeah. And they were like, yeah, no, she's, that's fine. She probably just left him. I mean, Nothing of, suspicious. I, this is not what the book is saying, but externally I would think they all think Bobo killed her. And they like Bobo and they don't like her, so they're all just covering for him. Well, yeah, because Fiji lies. Yeah, she does lie. To Arthur right? Smith. Yeah. She and, says she saw Aubrey, yeah. And, and like, you know, they do eventually state exactly that. They're like, yeah, even if he did. I'd be fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Olivia says that later, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Like, Fiji's like, yeah, I hated her. And Olivia's like, oh, even if I really liked her, I'd still cover for this murder. Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh? Huh. huh. Okay. Midnight Texas, man. <laughs> yeah. It made me feel like it's from a much earlier time when somebody could just, like, pick up and disappear, you know, and leave a new life somewhere. But that just doesn't work nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. This chapter closes with a big kicker. Yep. Arthur gets a phone call. Aubrey was not the person she presented herself as. I mean, what he actually says is that she's doesn't exist, which I think is like not entirely the same as what we like. Like that's not not the way I would say that. You know, dramatic way of putting it, Sheriff. Yes. Aubrey doesn't isn't even real. The body down at the bottom of the ravine. Mm It's a dummy. Yeah. <laughs> That's the body of a ghost. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Chapter 11. Arthur Smith questions Bobo. Bobo had met Aubrey when she was a waitress at his favorite restaurant that he regularly attended. And she told him her parents were dead. Aubrey was her name, but she lied. She did have a living family and she had been married. So to clarify... Despite what the, the detective just said, Aubrey definitely exists, yeah, and, yeah. That was, and that is her real name. That was actually her, her maiden name, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, she just didn't, you know, she just made up her backstory, didn't tell anyone her real deal. And everyone in the town, like, gets shifty-eyed and is like, yeah, that's super weird. Who would do something like that? up a backstory. Just can't trust anybody, can you? Yeah, who would do something like that? Yes. Yeah. Bobo, yeah. But yeah, apparently she was married to some guy who was killed in a bank robbery. Yeah, he was a white supremacist. Yeah, and Bobo's like, oh shit, it's all connected. And then he looks at the cop, he's like, to nothing at all that happened and no one was murdered in my shop. (laughs) (laughs) Bobo wonders if Aubrey had been the honeypot related to those two guys that had come into the pawn shop and, you know, went missing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They just the, those two guys who came into the pawn shop and then left shortly after of their own volition and drove right, away. Yeah. yeah, I mean Fiji saw it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. saw them leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she saw them leave. Right. They said they were just going to keep driving for a really long time, <laughs> probably out of state. <laughs> probably never see him again. And that's what they that that was their decision <laughs> yeah. to do that. So I don't I don't really buy that Aubrey was part of the the Nazi gang looking for Bobo because she was with him for like eight months or something, right? It's a long time to no longer. I, I think it, I, I think she. She no, lived with him for six. So. I, thought was, I thought it was a year and a half or something like that. I don't long think time. it was that yeah. long, but, but yeah, plenty she... of time to call in your Nazi goons. Sure, sure. And presumably she was, you know, sleeping with him that whole time. So maybe she fell in love with him. Oh, maybe, maybe. maybe. He's a really good-looking guy. Yeah, huh. he, he, I, Manfred it, spends a lot of time thinking that. I got to tell you, I really struggle with this because the name Bobo just like, <laughs> like every time, every time I think of Bobo, it's it's hard for me to like. It's hard for me to square that, you know? Yeah. I mean, is it more or less dumb than Sookie? 
Sookie. Honestly, more dumb. Bobo. More dumb than Sookie, yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's hard to... I've just read Sookie so many times, it's hard to remember. That's a good point, yeah. Like. It seems like a normal name now, even yeah. though you're like, huh, Sookie. Sookie. Yeah. Sookie. But Bobo? It's I don't know if I can get to Bobo being normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a monkey, I don't know. <laughs> the deputy who's searching the area finds a gun, and Bobo IDs it as coming from his pawn shop. Yeah, Robo. That he had just happened to have been doing target practice with a while ago, but you know, a long time ago. Yeah, right like what ago. months ago? Three, months, three four months ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, oh yeah, wait. Hmm. <laughs> Those timelines. Yeah. Chapter twelve. Uh, these next two chapters, nothing really happens. Chapter twelve, they go back to the home cooking to eat. Yeah, yeah, they eat their potluck together at the home cooking because I guess all that murder. Works up an appetite. Yeah, that's weird though, right? You're like, oh, well, I, you know, I've got leftovers, so I'm going to go to the restaurant to eat. Uh huh. That's weird. But she invites him. She, the the restaurant owner is like, hey, let's come eat at my place. Yeah. yeah. This restaurant seems like more of a meeting place, sort of a, sure. a bit, yeah. clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, the rev does say a prayer because he actually sits with them. Oh, this, I think, this might be the only time I've ever seen the rev talk. Right? Yeah, it, it is kind of an animal themed prayer. It is <laughs> somewhat animal themed. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. And Fiji briefly considers whether she, they could use magic to solve this mystery, but like, I guess she passes over that idea. Yeah. That's preposterous. Yeah. yeah, she was a bitch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, chapter 13 Bobo thinks about Aubrey. Yeah, I mean, you know, oh. it's, it's a lot to take in, right? So I think that Creek killed Aubrey. Oh, because she was that? acting... Because she's the, the only one other than Bobo who's acting distraught here, mm. rather than just sort of depressed and, dis- and you know, upset. Why, why do you think... Why, what's the motive, do you think? I don't know yet. Okay. But she, like, every time somebody looks around, it's like, and Creek's really crying, huh? Uh, you don't think it was maybe that Creek was friends with Aubrey or something? Nobody was friends with Aubrey. Maybe she was yeah. in love with Bobo. Oh, wait, yeah, Creek yeah. or yeah. Aubrey? Creek. Oh. Mm. Mm. Maybe Creek... <laughs> Maybe Creek cast a spell so that everyone on Aubrey, so that everyone would see Aubrey what she was really like. Like every woman in this town cast a spell on Aubrey. And <laughs> <laughs> she just exploded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this like too much magic? I mean, that could be right. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter fourteen. Uh, Fiji's kind of wandering around town. And she thinks about how Creek and Connor's dad, Sean, who runs the Gas and Go, is way too protective of his kids. Uh, so she goes to the Gas and Go and buys a bag of milk. Does she? It says she wa- is carrying her bag of milk. Fiji oh, decided no, to walk that's a, a shopping a, bag with milk. Oh, bag. okay. I was like, I know they do that in Canada, but I've literally never seen that anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. Could be a condensed milk. That kind of bag? But would they put it? That comes that in a can. That comes in a can, yeah. Oh, does it? Well, maybe like here, they're so into recycling that you bring your own container and she brought a bag. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a small milk. town. There's just a cow there. You just took <laughs> <laughs> you your bag up to it. <laughs> Come on, Bessie. Let's go. It's like pumping gas. With a little clicker next to it. <laughs> yeah. 60 cents of milk. Yeah, the gas and go has a nozzle for, for milk yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that makes more sense. But yeah, um... She, I, I feel like she's just bored. Like she's just, she goes to the the gas and go, no no action there. She goes to home cooking, but Madonna's trying to do her crossword puzzle and is like, get, get, hit the bricks. Yeah. And then she goes to the rev and he's blessing the graves in his pet cemetery. Yeah, he does that monthly. Which is a totally normal thing. Uh-huh. Not weird at all. And Fiji thinks about how it's really cool because it is one of the few concealed places in Midnight. Huh. Yeah, this pet cemetery has a six foot privacy fence around it. Yeah. 
I'm starting to think there's something up with this guy. <laughs> Wait, just this guy? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I was just like, is Fiji bored? Like, she's just walking around looking for someone to, something to talk to, something to do. Yeah, just the whole time I'm thinking to myself, in a way that I never thought about Bon Tomp, like, God, small towns are the worst. Yeah, so like boring. Like, nothing else to do, right? So boring. This is a small town, right? Like, she just walked to literally every building in town. Like, yeah. <laughs> to try to talk to all the people there. If she was really lucky, she would find an empty can on the ground that she could kick around for 30 <laughs> minutes, right? I know, but like, <laughs> the problem is people clean up their litter here. It's the worst. Yeah. Did it feel very video gamey? Uh, and actually, I shouldn't bring it up because I keep bringing it up. But yeah, it's like the, the main character doesn't know what to ne- do next on the quest. So he's going around all the NPCs and exhausting all their dialogue trees. Yeah. yeah. And they're all kind of like just not giving you anything to work with. Yeah. yeah. She goes over to the pawn shop that evening and chats with Olivia about Aubrey. And it turns out that she thinks her spell to reveal Aubrey's true nature did indeed work. Yeah. She's like, when, when did you start hating her? And she's like, oh, about two weeks. I was like, nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But they, like they said, they don't they don't give a shit if Bobo had killed her. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And we learned that Fiji lied about having seen Aubrey before Bobo left. I don't know if we knew that before, but no, we yeah. didn't. But mm-hmm. it was verified. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad that Bobo killed her before I got the chance to. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that fist bump. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and they discuss how best to help Bobo, um, but then they they have to put that on pause because Olivia's going out of town to San Francisco, which is. Something Lemuel is worried about. Yeah, it surprises him when she says it. She says she'll be in and out, so we don't know what's up there. What is her job? Do we we don't know, right? No. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Investigator. And her Olivia Charity is definitely her real name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, they buy a ring. Uh, they buy a ring off a grave robber. Yeah, this creep, gross, creepy old woman comes in to pawn an old wedding gra- ring. Mm-hmm. I hope she didn't get that out of that pet cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> is that better That's or worse? Her rings, Jeff. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, not inside. Not, not unless they're married. Not. <laughs> 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 oh. And then the chapter ends with Fiji wondering what they don't know about Madonna and Teacher because those two are definitely the weirdest, most suspicious yeah, people in this town. <laughs> <laughs> the people who you actually know what their their business is, yeah, above board, Both what their, their jobs, jobs are, yeah. yeah. And no, no teacher's job is not uh, being a teacher, but it's not that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what he does. <laughs> Uh, what's, what's your last name? Oh, Von Plummer. <laughs> Teacher Von Plummer. <laughs> and what do you do? Handyman. <laughs> huh. yeah. Chapter 15, Manfred goes sniffing after Creek at the gas and go and meets her dad, Sean, who is very tense and anxious for some reason. Oh, yeah. gee, I wonder, Manfred. I wonder why he's, he's anxious. Like the creepy new guy in town is, is coming over to his gas station just to stare at your daughter. Yeah, the 22-year-old guy with all the piercings wearing all black. Yeah. yeah. I, I have to say, uh, I've noticed Manfred does uh, Suki scans. He does, he does one on, um, on what's, oh, man, what's his name? Sean. Yeah, he does one on Sean about how he's the most generic guy he's ever seen. Like, if you have to cast... Uh, a movie with the most like boring guy. This would be it. I was like, oh, this is a Sookie scan. So do we need a name for this? Well, they're like thirsty Sookie scans though, because a lot of his scans are like, she wasn't too skinny, she wasn't too fat, she was just right. That is true. Mm, succulent peach. Yeah. Yeah. So like a she man. She was scan? older, but I like that man scan. We got it. Man scan. A, a scanfred? I don't know. Yeah, man. Yeah. Manfred. 
monitor. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, I'm fine with anything. I just, Bernardo I, breakdown. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, he, he keeps doing them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he, he really does. And I I imagine that he is just obviously creeping on this girl all yeah. the time. Sure, yeah, sure. absolutely. Every, like, we saw in the very beginning, everyone immediately saw, like, he he was just watching her, and everyone was, like, watching him watch her, like, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. What were you saying, man? Yeah, yeah. watch your step because you might end up down by the picnic spot. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. But yeah, Sean is very tense. Uh, yes. A guy with secrets. Dark secrets, probably, because, you know, Midnight, Texas. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these people suck at hiding their secrets. They just do. Right? Yeah, every like, single one of them. He's all like, I really feel bad that my kids had to see that body, especially my son. He's got a real problem with bodies, you know. Oh, I've said too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's like basically the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Point of view shift to Fiji. Yeah, this was actually interesting, right? Like, so Manfred goes back to his house and gets on the phone, and there's a. Is this the first mid chapter point of view shift that we've seen? Is it? It might be. I think it might be, yeah. And it, it, it happened so suddenly that I, I almost I had to re, go back and reread yeah. it. I, this is a total nitpick, but it, it bothers me in, in books when they do this. Yeah. When there isn't like a text break, when the perspective changes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why it bothers me, but it always has. This, this, this had like a cinematic feel where it's like he's looking at the tree and then the, the wind blowing and then the wind blowing is blowing her hair and then it's her, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I just thought it was interesting. I don't think I've ever seen Charlene Harris do this kind of transition before. Mm-hmm. Caught my yeah, eye. Well, literally everything else, except for some chapters of the last book, were from Sookie's perspective. That is true. In mm-hmm. the other books. Yeah. And and the ones where they there is a shift in perspective, there's always a, either a chapter break or one of those like paragraph breaks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Bobo comes over and tells Fiji about his life with his grandfather. His Nazi grandpa. His Nazi grandpa. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he relates what appear to be at least a whole novel's worth of incident. <laughs> that is exactly what it is. Yeah. 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 I, well, I noticed that he mentions Lily Bard. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah. this is like, oh, this met. is a book. And Jack yeah. Leeds. Yep. So is Bobo in that book? He is in the Shakespeare books, yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah, he's just... In some of the books, he's like a secondary character. And is his name Bobo there too? Yes. Okay. Is, yeah, that is his real name, Bobo Winthrop. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's the plot twist. That's his real name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, apparently Bobo's dad hired a PI to investigate his granddad's Nazi shit. Yeah. And the guy got caught and tortured. Yeah. Yeah, in front of Bobo. Yeah, that was yeah Jack Leeds, Lily's husband. Uh, yeah, and the, Jack Leeds and Lily Barb were the ones we met in the Sookie Stack House books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's all come first, full circle. Yeah. Um, he bombed a black church mm-hmm. like an asshole. The grandpa, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the grandpa did. Uh, so grandpa and the followers went to jail, but grandpa died of a stroke while he was out on bail. Yep. So that's when all the stories began about a secret cache of like weapons and explosives and shit that all the white supremacists are sniffing after. It's like Nazi treasure or whatever. The Nazis mm-hmm. are after the Nazi treasure. Yeah, it's it's a little odd, right? You, you expect these gangs of Nazis to have access to... It's, it's not hard to get guns, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is America. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 And Texas in particular, where you can literally go buy a gun in cash at a gun show. Yeah. yeah. Any you can, I mean, you can go, to, you can go up to Davie and you could uh, ask for directions to the Nazi gun store. Yeah. 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 That is true. Yeah. There, there probably is one of them. But yeah, these guys are still just following Bobo around, around the U.S. And so Fiji takes all of this in. Mm-hmm. And her first thought is, I want to bang this dude. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, yeah. she, she's like... 
<laughs> he's just being vulnerable with yeah, her. Yeah, she, she's like, I just wanted to take him back to my bedroom. And I was like, no, 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 too soon, too soon. Because <laughs> he found his girlfriend's dead body yes, today, yesterday. Yeah, earlier today. Yeah. Within the last yeah. 24 hours. Too soon, too soon. But uh, that's all that stuff about his uh, deep and dangerous connections to Nazi gangs. Boy, that really does it for her. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. She's hard up. <laughs> I did think it was cool him talking about how like he didn't follow his grandfather's ideology because of his exposure to other things. You yeah, know? That, that that's totally legit. You know, I yeah. appreciated that too. Yeah, uh, and it, it's fun too for people who have read the other books. It's kind of a fun little to think back to that from his perspective. Uh, and it ends with Bobo telling Fiji he's got no idea how that gun from his pawn shop ended up near Aubrey's corpse. Yeah, the the gun that he likes to take target shooting. Not in the same area, but kind of near that area sometimes. Sure, sure. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. That's it for this week's episode. Next time, we're going to be reading chapters 16 through 24 of Midnight Crossroad, the first book in the Midnight Texas series. I am Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Jeff Lake. You can find me at jefflake.info. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. Please share this with anybody who will like this. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please find out how you can give us your dollars at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Good, good night, night, Bobo. Bobo. <laughs> <laughs>